Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. Another day. Another chance. everybody. Welcome back to Riding the Wave. I'm your host, Mark Healy. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper, since 1893. We've got a special guest on tap uh, today. Uh, he is the first deputy chancellor. His name is Daniel, Donald Conyers, and he is, um, it's interesting because, you know, you might be saying to yourself, why are we interviewing um, this gentleman? Well, Donald Conyers isn't just the the first ever first deputy chancellor for the Department of Education. He's also a Beach Channel graduate, uh, and it's really exciting, um, I guess, for a lot of people here in, in Rockaway to have somebody who's from here, who's gone to school here, you know, to be part of, you know, this process, to be part of a process that teachers, educators, families, and students are all really concerned about uh, as schools open up. Uh, in a couple of weeks. So I would like to welcome him to the program. Mr. Conyers, welcome to Riding the Wave, and how are you today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well today. Thank you so much. Well, I have to say I was really excited when I heard that, uh, you know, that, that you were named to the post. Our digital editor, Allison Case, is very involved in, you know, uh, her son's education, both of her son's education. Uh, she's a PTA mom, so it's great having her on board. She asked make sure I ask all the right questions. But she was the one who pointed out your background uh, being from Rockaway. So that was a big uh, issue for us to have you come on the show. So thank you for making the time, which I'm sure is a very busy uh, time for everyone at the Department of Education. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, you know, obviously, you know, I'm sure that you're answering, uh, trying to, you know, trying to answer uh, and getting a ton of questions about um, the plans to open up schools for students and, and the different ways that the Department of Education and Chancellor Carranza are going about trying to find solutions to all of these questions. So uh, I certainly will be understanding if you don't have all the answers for us today. 
But um, before we get into any of the hard stuff, I do want to talk to you about um, going to school in, at Beach Channel. Certainly it's, you know, something that um, a lot of people around here have a lot of memories, and the Beach Channel educational campus certainly is, is a lot different uh, than it was when you went to school. Talk a little bit about your experience in going to Beach Channel and how it's helped shape your career moving forward. Well, if you allow me, I'll go, I'll go back before I even got to Beach Channel. I just want to start with stating that I went to, for one year, grade six, public school 42 in Auburn in the Rockaways, and then articulated to junior high school 198 uh, in the Edgemere section of Brooklyn, and, uh, excuse me, of Queens. And then I went on to Beach Channel High School. So I had come out of the South Bronx, living in the South Bronx, and came out to the sunny shores of the Rockaways, and it was like a breath of fresh air for a young guy like me and the family. My my parents were able to purchase a home, uh, and we began to uh, go to school out in uh, the Rockaways. The experience was, um, was similar to some of the experiences I had in my school in the Bronx, but the distinct difference might have been the ability to, um, uh, for me to make friends and be outdoors more after school. And then uh, once, fast forward to high school, once I went to Beach Channel, I, I went to Beach Channel, I started at grade 10, because in those days, junior high school, 198, had an accelerated program. So I went from grade 7, skipped grade 8, went to grade 9, and then went to Beach Channel in grade 10. So for me, uh, it was a good experience uh, within the school. I'm still in touch with my 10th grade geometry teacher, Donna Davis, who was Donna Levine back then. Um, It was a good experience for, for me in terms of developing a sense of independence, uh, understanding that um, poverty um, was a great motivator for me to uh, deepen and accelerate my education. So I had that working for me. And then I was surrounded by teachers um, that um, really respected the students' lives were at, uh, at stake here in terms of the kinds of decisions that they would be making in the future, as well as presently while in, in, in school. So I did a I had a wonderful host of of teachers and a really solid family that uh, helped me. In my years, I didn't play uh, on the uh, basketball team. You know, I was more, I was not quite a nerd, but I was more of a bookworm that was determined to make the best of my studies and get through so that I could go on to college and then start uh, a career and a path toward more successful living. Well, that's great. That shows that you have even more Rockaway roots than I originally thought. So, you know, it just builds the pressure, uh, Mr. Conyers. It just builds the pressure of what Rockaway is going to want, you know, from you as a, you know, in your new position. But, um, you know, it certainly is a, is a, you know, a testament to not only this, your education, but to your family, uh, to get to this level. I know that you've been working with the Department of Education for a long time in a number of different roles, but uh, to be basically, um, to get to really the second-in-command position of of the Department of Education at such a transformative time uh, certainly is, is something that 
it, you know, it really is impressive. And I think that, you know, moving forward, um, you know, it, it's just nice to know that uh, Rockaway has someone who has, you know, walked a mile in their shoes, you know, and it's it's so important um, because of so many situations where city government, you know, doesn't have a lot of Rockaway um, influx. And uh, with education, which is so deeply important to everyone on the peninsula, having someone who has, again, you know, has some sand in their shoes, it, it's a big deal. So, um you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it really just, you know, it just gives that that level of being able to relate to where people come from and be able to have that conversation. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I am. I'm also going to always give a, a pitch, a sincere pitch, uh, in terms of saying that many, many of the, the educators, whether they're from Rockaway or not, still understand and are in league with the type of commitment that I have. But I will take. I will take the Rockaway local track, you know, the C train with you and definitely say to you that, yeah, it matters. It matters that we've made through a lot of uh, different changes. Uh, Our lives have been changed. My parents experienced, like many others, the devastation of Hurricane Sandy. We've experienced, I mean, uh, over my tenure in in, in living in the Rockaways, I, I remember the flooding that happened in my block. They were coming down the block with the news. And just the different things that have happened over the years. I've seen uh, businesses open, businesses close, friends I've lost, friends I've gained. I've new development on the beachfront and, you know, down by the Arvin, Arvern area, schools erected over the years. So there, there are a lot of people and a lot of people that are educators as well as other walks of, of professional life that really are looking to do the right things for all New Yorkers, but in particular in the Rockaways. And I, I definitely appreciate that. So, you know, there's there's obviously been a lot of thought, a lot of outrage, a lot of hand-wringing, a lot of people having a lot to say on both sides, or, or on all three sides of the school opening issue. You know, everybody. My wife is an educator. Uh, I'm an essential employee, so I, I, I think, I think I missed, you know, maybe a few days in the very beginning. But I'm, I've been, I've been doing my thing since COVID started, um, since March, and you know, so I get the, 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 I, I get it from all sides. You know, the, the concerns, what people are talking about. You know, working parents, how are they going to handle uh, the school issue? Uh, the folks that work from home that are going to have their students at home, all these different things that have come up over the last, you know, couple of months as people have been, you know, anybody with a, with a child, anybody with a student, anybody who works in education, they've all been thinking about all the possible scenarios. Are you confident that the plan that the city has in place um, is a is a plan because I know you've worked on it even before you were named uh, to the you know, the first deputy chancellor position. Um, do you feel that you've heard from enough places um, or enough different perspectives that this plan that's in place can be successful? Well, I mean, I, my my first my first unfiltered response is. Uh, we, I feel, and we feel that it will be successful with the proviso that a few things remain or 
stable or don't change in a way that will change the uh, landscape. Health and safety has always been um, the first thing for us, and we continue to speak about health and safety and make uh, the necessary moves and take measures to ensure that health and safety are primary. We also are looking at and understand the situation about um, parents at home, the work situation um, where students may not be in school uh, five days a week, but we know that we've looked across the nation and we know what the science has been stating to us, that we have to maintain health and safety in there. We have to have uh, the physical distancing. We have to have the mask. We have to have the hand washing and all of the observances that we know will promote and sustain a healthy environment. Um, we want nothing more than students to be in school. There is a um, there is a loss that some of the students, many students, have a sense of a lack of closure, no anticipation for that new beginning, and we understand and want uh, very much for students to be in school. What we've offered, and we've done so by giving parents um, agency and voice in this process, we've offered the models that um, parents could select from, and I believe the survey closed this past Friday, and we have to use these data as well as science, uh, information from science to, to do the best that we can to ensure that students are educated every day. Um, can I guarantee with 100% that it's going to be perfect? No, let's, let's be realistic, and let's dispel this for most of America that may be listening to point of finger and say, look at, look at them. What are they doing? They don't know what they're doing. The first thing we're doing is endeavoring to educate all students and fulfilling our promises to education. But we're doing it carefully, and we're doing it in a way that we feel will promote the, the, the safety as well as the educative value for each of the students. And it's very easy to point a finger, and many people are pointing fingers, and I understand some of the anxiety. But I want people to take a look back uh, and take a step back and understand that this is not going to start as a regular school year, but the year will start, and we have to start in order to proceed. So I cannot guarantee anything uh, other than the fact that we are working feverishly and, and, and continually to have schools open. The mayor, the chancellor, my office, my colleagues, my teams, uh, we are doing everything possible. And to the, your earlier point, have we heard enough? We have heard and will continue to hear from uh, various constituents about we are we're constantly getting um, uh, proposals and ideas, and many of the proposals are uh, good. The intention is good, but the actual detail and working out the details, there's always some complexity within the details that um, – one may not know when they send them the idea. So we take very seriously all of the things that um, are being sent to us. We have also an appreciation for the fear factor that many of either educators and or students may be uh, expressing. But what we are saying is we are providing every opportunity for um, teachers, uh, principals, uh, and staff members to understand the, the health and safety measures that we're taking, to also understand that we have a responsibility to the children and students of New York City 
who many of them, parents have voted that they want, or at least 75% of the parents have indicated that they want their students in a hybrid model, which means that they want them in the building physically at some point in time. We have an obligation to try to meet those needs, and, I, and that is what we're doing. So my guarantee is that we're going to keep working to do this, and we're going to improve. It will be an iterative process. So all of those that are waiting to point a finger, scrutinize, and complain, you'll have your chance, but know that this is a, this is a, a, a process and a product of love. I'll stop there. Well, you know, it's, it's, first of all, thank you for thinking that the rest of America is listening. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's a nice vote of confidence. Um, uh, we do get good numbers. I don't know about the rest of America, <laughs> you know. But uh, I used to be on Sirius XM, so maybe the rest of America is listening. Anyway, um, you know, you talk about the plan, and, and certainly I don't think anyone is expecting a guarantee. Uh, and as Mike Tyson once famously said, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And I think that this time, you know, when you think about what COVID-19, what we know about it, you know, obviously the infection rate is low now. People have been doing, you know, even though they haven't been happy about it, you know, um, look, I don't love wearing a mask. I wear glasses. They get fogged up all the time, but I wear it. I wear it for my family. I wear it for my dad. You know, I wear it for my daughter who just had surgery. Um, you know, you do what you need to do for your family so you can move through. But when you are a parent, and you have a child with special needs, or if you're a parent and you're thinking about um, the types of things that are going to come up, because basically when the kids leave the house, uh, you know, they become your kids for the day. So, you know, I, I've had many parents, uh, you know, write me many letters uh, and ask me all these different questions. So I'm going to shoot a couple at you. I hope you can answer them. Um, one of them is, you know, how is, how, is, uh, how is the DOE going to meet the needs of students with individual education planning while, you know, many of them will only be in class one day a week? So there, there will be um, forthcoming policy on that, but we're very much cognizant of the fact that, um, first of all, it depends on the models that the parent has selected if it's one day a week. There are some students with IEPs that may be in school uh, more than one day, two, two to five days a week, depending upon the uh, model that has been selected and approved. Um, but we are very much, we've had um, a very good success rate with our regional enrichment centers over the summer. These were sites where uh, essential workers like yourself had children that needed to be uh, under the care of a responsible adult while also getting some education. So we have learned um, to do things like uh, counseling. Uh, we've had uh, occupational therapy, physical therapy. So with everything else, we, we respect and recognize that, yes, there is a need that we have to meet, but we have, uh, we have to work through how it will look student by student, school by school. Again, I am appealing to the listening audience to understand that we are, we are willing and working toward all of the things that we need to do. Um, I do not and will not have all of the answers on this call, unfortunately. I wish that I did, but every day they are moving, the earth plates are moving, and conditions change, and we are 
working with all the information that we have to ensure that as we move toward the start of school, we will be ready and able to meet our clients, the students. I think it's always a changing conversation, especially when we are in, you know, the what we call the uncharted waters of COVID-19 and education and how it's going to look. I mean, I'd be honest with you. I really, uh, March 9th, we had the Rockaway St. Patrick's Day Parade here. I mean, I kissed everybody in Rockaway. I hugged everybody in Rockaway. So, you know, I'm still alive. I don't know how I am. But, you know, how everything changed after that day when later, you know, obviously later, and it was just about a week later when the schools were closed and everything started to shut down. So we haven't had a normal day since March. And I think that if you had done a, done a poll, and, I'm, I, I, and again, I don't even know how you were feeling as, a, as an educator back then or being someone who worked for the DOE. Did you even think that we were going to be at this spot that we were going to be worried about opening school and being so worried about, uh, you know, the, the, the potential of, of another spike in infections? I mean, honestly, and back in March, were you, would, would you have said, wow, you know, I, I expect everything to be fine by, by, uh, by the fall? I mean, uh, yeah, honestly speaking, when, when this happened in March, uh, because of the, the um, success rate of with, in medicine with the United States and our resources and ability to get, you know, uh, medication, vaccines, and the like, I very naively thought that it would be a matter of time that we would have this under control and that um, this would not be something that going into the fall to be very much concerned about. But then hum, hum, human beings kick into this uh, equation as well. We have uh, we, we began to get a spike in New York. We were the epicenter for this. Um, and we had to take measures uh, to bring under control and then to maintain um, this virus. However, I, I can say that our chancellor and his team began working immediately uh, when the virus, the manifestation of the virus happened in March. I'm pretty sure it had been around before then, but the manifestation in March, uh, we began as an agency to make plans to return and have been working since then. But it is not, I wish to, I could say to you that it's as simple as saying we're coming back on this particular date and then we can just open the doors and be ready. But there are so many different um, uh, obstacles. There are so many different complex levels of complexity that have to be addressed. And we are, as I've stated at the onset, health, safety, are two prerequisites that have to always be at the fore and um, be met. So we're determined that if there is an outbreak, if there is um, something that becomes like this the proliferation of this virus, we're going to revert back to health and safety. And the health and safety will dictate that we take measures to protect all. You know, what's interesting about you know, this whole process, you know, and look, and I'll, I'll be full disclosure. I, I am, I hate distance learning. I hate remote instruction. I really don't like it at all. Uh, because, um, you know, I have the perspective of my wife who is an educator and she, you know, she deals with at-risk kids and, you know, she had a, a, an exhausting time trying to do this individual learning, not, not because, 
she wasn't prepared for it. I mean, she wasn't technology, and then she, but she figured it out. And technologically, I mean, she figured it out. She was able to, you know, uh, she was able to figure out and adapt. But it's been slow for the parents and the kids, especially the younger kids, to adapt. And when you throw in, you know, when you throw in things like, uh, you know, inter integrated classroom teaching and the individual education plan and all these different, you know, social emotional learning and, and, you know, all these different elements that are so specific and so specialized. Um, and again, I'm not asking you for the answers to those questions, but um, as someone who's railed against it and is happy that schools are opening, and I certainly understand the health risks, um, you know, you know, is that is that something? I mean, you basically said that you're working on every level, but where are you getting, you know, your input? Is it from the parents? Is it from, uh, you know, uh, medical professionals and health and wellness professionals? Like, where are you guys? Uh, where are you folks getting your information that you're implementing into this plan? Uh, that's a good question, and, and the answer is yes, 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 all of the above. <laughs> um, I know that, and let me be more specific. Um, the, the I know that we are in touch. Champer, in particular, is in touch not only with um, medical professionals. Um, he even has encounters and discussions with Dr. Fauci. We have um, our own Dr. Jay Farmer uh, in uh, New York City. Here, we have um, parent roundtables. We have uh, discussions with principal leaders with uh, uh, members of the United Federation of Teachers. We've been in, uh, in touch with uh, students. We have, um, uh, what we have is uh, an approach to inform this practice. We, we have um, touched as many people as we can in many different areas. We've been in touch with uh, the chancellor in particular, along with the mayor, with business partners, um, with uh, CBOs, mental health agencies, because what we what we know and what we've learned um, from other situations is that um, communication, collaboration, um, clarity, transparency about the uh, the problem um, engenders, I think, um, greater problem solve and, and greater unity around rallying around the issue. So there's been there's a lot of um, communication, a lot of uh, back and forth. Um, there's always the uh, ideal, and then we work from the ideal backwards to the to the real. And again, I want to say again that we are we are anticipating opening successfully, but it will not look like the first day of school that you and I went to school and then settled in in a way that um, uh, we were accustomed to. So that doesn't mean that we will not move. Just as your wife became more proficient with um, the technological tool, I'm sure her practice, the pedagogy was there. She had to make adjustments. We are, we are uh, intellectual beings, and, and students in particular, my daughter shows me the things on my iPhone. My daughter does all the things that I can't do, and I, I have a nephew that's in uh, third grade. He's a, he's a, a, a wizard. So I am looking at everything three-quarters full. Some call that naive. I call that optimistic, and I call that um, realistic. And I do believe that once we get in, 
It's like jumping into a swimming pool. The hesitation, the water's cold, or getting into the shower before the water really warms up. Once you get in, the adjustments are made, and then you need to move forward. I, and that is the, uh, that's the way um, I approach this and look at it from a positive lens. And no matter what the outcry is, I, my job is to lead with the positive and realistic um, uh, approach and, and, and um, presence of mind. Well, I think that's, you know, that's certainly, uh, you know, refreshing. I think it's, uh, you know, that's the way I like to look at things. Uh, you know, you, you deal with stuff that, that comes in front of you, and then you move forward and you try to make it work. Uh, building bridges, you know, between educators, between students, between families, between administration, between, you know, the, the, all the different communities and cultures that are going to be, you know, especially on the peninsula. You know, the, the different needs that people have, the different questions that they have. It's important to be accessible. It's important to have that willingness to communicate. It's not always been the case, uh, unfortunately, uh, with the Department of Education, and, and it's refreshing to hear, and I'm going to hold you to it, uh, that we can reach out when we have questions. And I, I really appreciate I know it's busy. I know that you guys have, you probably have extra time that you don't have. But I really appreciate you coming on board today, Mr. Conyers, and I really look forward to working with you. You may not look forward to working with me because I'm a pest, but I certainly am um, looking forward to uh, where, we go, where we go from here. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I, I do appreciate that, and I don't consider you uh, to be a pest. Um, only time will tell. However, I do know that <laughs> some, some of the best, some of the best results that we have achieved as an agency and personally in my career over the 37 years has been with the uh, people that didn't, didn't um, see things eye to eye, but found a common ground in the middle, shared understanding, and they moved forward together. So I look forward to that. And thank you for having me. Well, thanks. Well, thanks again for riding the wave. uh, And, uh, uh, the best of luck, and uh, we're always here uh, if you have any questions and if you need anything from us. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Take care. And that's riding the wave for this week, folks. Uh, you know, we'll have more on this story moving forward, and, and we'll, uh, we'll certainly hold Mr. Conyers to his uh, promise of being accessible. And uh, everybody out there, have a great weekend. We look forward to uh, hearing from you as well. And uh, check us out at rockawave.com, R-O-C-K-W-A-V-E.com, uh, and on newsstands everywhere in Rockaway. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.